Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, it's Chris Harrington from the Daily Memphian on the Grizzlies, Memphis, and more. Presented by the Majestic Grill, we discovered downtown dining. Chris Harrington on 92.9's Jeff Calkins Show. Chris Harrington joins us now. Chris, what are we listening to? That's uh, When the Levee Breaks by Led Zeppelin. Actually, a cover of a Memphis mini song. I don't know how many Zeppelin fans know that. Um, the big drums there at the beginning, played by John Bonham, died on this day in 1980. Where does Bonham rank for you in terms of rock and roll drummers? I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I, I tend to like feel more than Bombast yeah. a little bit. And so like Charlie Watts of the Rolling Stones, yeah. probably a little bit more my ideal. Levon Helm, Levon Helm of the band, so probably a little bit more my ideal. So like like as much as I respect like John Bonham and Keith Moon of the Who and some sure. of like the big like explosive Showman. drummers, I like the more like in the groove guys. Al Jackson Jr. from Booker T and the MGs. Those are those are more my guys. Smooth smoothness. Yeah. Smooth and groove. Okay. We've got a week till we've got a week until media day. We will both be down there. We don't do this in the NBA, and I'm sorry for putting you on the spot, but let's imagine a world in which we had an AP poll and the preseason AP NBA poll. I'm not going to obviously ask you to do 25 teams, but if you had to do a top five NBA AP poll and you had a vote, what would your top five look like? Um, you know, I'm still kind of sorting through that. I, are we talking about regular season? Yeah, like, let's just say, like, if you're doing a preseason poll, so it's based upon right. who you think, you know, you're, you're trying to predict who you think the five best teams will be. I think Denver has to come back in as your number one in your preseason poll. Reigning champs. They got their full starting lineup back. You know, Milwaukee had the best record, record in the regular yeah. season last year, not Denver. Um, I they basically brought every everybody back, and so I'm going to go Milwaukee two. I'm going to go Boston three. Um, I am high, I'm pretty high on Cleveland. I'm going to go Cleveland four, and then figure out who that second team in the West is. Yeah, that's the tough. I think it's tricky. And right now, today, in terms of a regular season projection, I'm kind of leaving Golden State. Just because of Phoenix's depth issues. I think Phoenix has a very high upside, but their depth issues and the likelihood that Kevin Durant's going to miss half the season, I, I, wonder, I wonder about them in the regular season. So I'm going to go, so let's see what I said. Like I said, Denver 1, Milwaukee 2, Boston 3, Cleveland 4, and um, Golden State 5. There you go. How interested are you in kind of – does it seem like to you that Golden State is almost zigging when everyone else is zagging in which – they're putting this emphasis on high basketball IQ experience, and it's not necessarily like collecting the greatest amount of talent, but it does feel like that they're more interested in basketball IQ and, and experience. Do you? Well, there's a there's a lot of fair? muscle memory there. Yeah, there's a lot of muscle memory there with just that core and how they and how well they play together. 
the Chris Paul thing, you know, I don't know. I don't think I don't think that was driven primarily by wanting to add Chris Paul. I think that was driven primarily by wanting wanting to get rid of Jordan Poole's contract. Yeah. And then Chris Paul is sort of who brought in, and he fits from the experience IQ standpoint. I'm not sure if he fits from the style of play standpoint. So I think that's an interesting wrinkle for them. Like, that could be better or it could be worse. I think the thing the thing with them, and at some point age-wise, it's just going to turn the corner. Um, but the one thing to remember about them is, you know, that team won the title two years ago. And then last year, Andrew Wiggins, like, didn't play. Yeah. Like, he had this weird thing where he just, just disappeared. And he was probably their second-best player in the finals two years ago. I mean, I think and you so can make I, an argument at times. I mean, I know Steph had the, the knockout punches. But, like, I thought through the course of the six games, he was their best player. Yeah. So, you, if you, you just come back with the starting lineup of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, and then you have, you know, Chris Paul and Gary Payton off the bench, and Dario Sarge, I think, is a nice little add. And then we'll see what, you know, the depth is not great. You start looking around the other teams in the West, the depth's a lot better than Denver or Phoenix. And so, you know. Well, that's kind I of, guess I feel pretty good about them today, but it, it's a little bit of a toss-up for me. I may change my mind on that. That's kind of the question that I have. How much value do you put on depth right now? Because it does seem like it matters in the regular season, but like to me, a big part of why Denver, why Denver won the title, they basically had six guys they trusted. They got them healthy in the playoffs, but it wasn't like their depth is kind of what 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 got them over the hump. It was basically keeping their guys healthy. So. In your mind, how much how much value do you yeah, place on depth? I think I, I think I think depth is important if you don't stay healthy, right? And yes. So, like if you look at the regular season in the West, the team that overachieved relative to expectations was stayed Sacramento. Healthy. They stayed healthy. You look at the team that made of all the elite teams, the team that made the run to the title is Denver. They their guys stayed healthy, um, and so like if you stay healthy, that's great. But but the depth sort of helps you, I think, across the regular season if you don't. And then I think when you get into the playoffs, it's sort of going to be among the teams that are good enough, which is going to be a smaller group than 16 once you get there, among the teams that are good enough, it's sort of like who stays healthiest in terms of their key players. And that's just sort of impossible to predict. And so I think, you know, from a regular season projection standpoint, like I, I think it matters if you just assume – like it does, if you tell me Phoenix is going to get 75 games each – from Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, and, and Kevin Durant, I'm not that concerned about their depth. But I, I just don't think that's going to happen. And so I think that's a team that if those three guys healthy healthy through four rounds of the playoffs, that team might win a title. But in terms of the regular season, I, I just I, I, that, that's where I'm sort of maybe falling back a little bit on them for the regular season. How curious are you about the – I mean, they still don't really have a true point guard. I suppose they're just going to end up playing Beal there. How – how fascinating! I think, are you I, think, I think I think I think Booker is basically going to be their point guard. Like, however, like it just gets marked on the on the lineup sheet. I don't know, but I think who starts their offense? Yeah, I think effectively the the offense is going to run through Devin Booker, and I think Booker is going to have a huge season. I'm not that worried about that with them. To me, the bigger question for them is Aiton. Like, I, 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 to me, I have a, I had a lot of hope that Frank Vogel would get more out of Aiton. Than, than Monty Williams did, but you're starting to hear like whispery, rumory stuff about like, are they going to move DeAndre Ayton for like, you know, a poo poo platter of like, you know, Yusuf Nurkic and some other role player, right? And to me, that that's sort of a bad sign for them if they're going to be willing to do something like that. I, I think getting Ayton 
to take a step forward is sort of really key for them more than the point guard thing. Well, that was kind of the other thing like during the playoffs that I kind of took note of. Okay, Aiton did not did not go up, you know, he did not he did not acquit himself nicely against the Nuggets. But right. neither honestly, neither did Anthony Davis. Like That's right. That's and right. and Anthony yeah. Davis was the story of the playoffs. Like I still think is listen, is Aiton justifying being the number 1 pick? Like I don't know, but I still think he's pretty good. But if he's being, you know, if he's going to be compared to, you know, when he goes up and gets dominated by the Nuggets, like I, it just didn't, it didn't bother me as much. When you know, I guess, I guess I thought that was kind of an overreaction. Well, this this is why to me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be trying to sell low on DeAndre Ayton if I were them. I'd be trying to rehab DeAndre Ayton and uh, get the most out of DeAndre Ayton. I just don't see a scenario where moving him. Is more to their benefit than, than than working with him, and so I. But I think I think they don't. You know, the I think maybe Drew Eubanks is their backup center or whatever. I don't know. Um, you know, Yuta Watanabe's there. They, they don't have a lot of physicality up front. And one of the the knocks on Aiton is that he's not physical enough. He's still a seven foot tall athlete. You know, early in his prime. And so I, I to me, I, I would. I would be very, very focused on getting the most out of him. Well, like if the standard is stopping Jokic, how many right. guys can do that? Nobody, but you don't know if you're going to hit Denver, right? You know, you know, or, or sure. you, you get a you get a plan to try to win four series, and Denver would at most be one of them. And so, you know, I, so again, again, I, to me, Aiton is sort of more the key for them than anything else. How many teams in the West? You know, you can even do the. Everything has to go right. But if everything were to go right, how many teams do you feel like you would be comfortable saying, I can see that team winning the West? Oh, a lot, actually. I, I think the West is really is really deep and really sort of muddled. I just, I, with Denver, and I was, I, you know, as well established on this show, I, I, was, I was like first person on board with Denver yes. before even last season started. I, Some are even me, saying you're a year too early, right? And so, with but with Denver, I really think the depth thing re- may have reached a breaking point this season because your to your point, yeah, they just basically relied on six guys to, to win a title last year. Well, they don't have those six; they only got five of them. Right. Now. I don't know if you can rely on five, and I just don't think I think their depth is so bad right now. I don't know if they have a six person, and I, to me, you got to have six or seven. Um, and so I think Denver is pretty vulnerable, and I, I think the talent, the talent, the talent is pretty widely dispersed, and I think every team has questions of some sort. And so, like you know, could Golden State be in the finals? Yes. Could the Lakers be in the finals? Yes. Could Phoenix? Yes. So those are easy yeses. I don't rule out like the Grizzlies or or or. Or um, the Clippers, if they stay healthy, or Dallas, if they stay healthy, or like I have a hard time seeing Sacramento or Oklahoma City, you know. But I think there's a lot of teams that if they, if you catch every couple break and catch, like you could you could find yourself in the NBA Finals out of the West. What about Minnesota? Like what? What if indeed? Yeah, that's what the one. The- that's the one. I that's what I had to say to one. I, I I might. I might talk myself into being higher in Minnesota. Like like, like Cleveland's a team that I. I sneaky think could I don't know if they'll make the finals, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were the number one number one seed in the East this year. Um, 
Minnesota is a team that I'm probably going to have as of today. I may change my mind, but as of today, I think I'll probably have higher than most people do. And is that based There's a so, lot of talent on that team. Is that is that a talent thing? Is that an Edwards? Th- w- w- what's your reasoning for I, that? I think Edwards is going to a big step forward. I think it's now like there's no question that he's the guy. I I I I think I believe in Chris Fish now having more time to to figure out how to make all the pieces work. I think defensively it'd be really good with Edwards and Jaden McDaniels on the wing with Gobert at center or Anderson. You can you know put anywhere you want. To me, the key with them is the point guard thing. Is Mike Conley like thirty seven or whatever, and then you're back up to Jordan McLaughlin, who, who's about for a reason. And like, is Mike Conley going to hold up to like be the table setter of a team? That's that's to me the that's so that's almost a bigger question for me than the than the Gobert Tam making that work is still a big question. But I think there's a lot of talent there, and I sort of believe in Chris Finch, and they and they they played really strong in the playoffs. Yeah. And so I think, I think there's a chance for that team to take a pretty step forward. I believe in them more than I believe in New Orleans, for instance. How would you define this year for Taylor Jenkins? Um, I think the most important thing, assuming like you, you keep the train on tracks in the regular season, yeah. like amid all the stuff with Jock coming back or whatever, I think it's really a playoff thing for him. And I wouldn't set an artificial bar about how successful you could be in the playoffs. I think you have to come out of the playoffs thinking you acquitted yourselves well relative to what you had to work with and who you were playing against, right? And so I, I wouldn't say you have to get to the second round or the third round or whatever. I just think you, you, you have to leave the playoffs thinking that the, team, that, that, that the team was well-coached and well-prepared and did all it could do in the playoffs, have we reached, you know, whatever, whatever that might be. Have we reached the point with the Grizzlies where, you know, you'd prefer regular season success to, to not having it and – Certainly, I think having home court and setting up a path that's easier is is advantageous. But have we reached the point that what we think about them is going to be defined by the postseason? Um, yeah, I think we've reached more of that. I, I, you know, not entirely. I think this your season is going to have great interest. So, if the West is competitive as I think it is, it's going to really matter what you do in the regular season. Uh, there's a one of these teams has to miss the play in. Yeah, there's 11 teams in the West that think they're playoff teams, and one of them to make the play in. So, like, let's not like dismiss over the regular season. But I do think as as you reach, I guess not even year four, it's probably year five, I guess of Jenkins, but year four of being a plays team, and as your core players start to graduate in the early 20s to 20s, I think that's naturally when you start to, to put more emphasis to what you're doing in the post. I actually think, you know, the Grizzlies have, have technically fallen short of their seed the past two seasons. Yeah. I think to some degree the playoff stuff has been great just because the teams that young, to me, they were overperformed in the regular season that underperformed in the postseason. Just because teams that young don't do that. What are the things that you're, you're considering writing for this week? Uh... Um, food stuff and music stuff, yeah. and my, my my plate is pretty full. Um, I, I I'm struggling to get to the point where I can like indulge in the NBA as much as I would like to. I'm, I'm working on a story about our fest today, actually. All right, Chris, well, we'll uh, be talking to you the rest of the week. All right, thanks. That is Chris Harrington.